Hello and welcome to Food for Thought, the CL podcast. I'm your host, Bryn Lucas. We always need to eat, so farming and food processing will always have a future. But the changes impacting these sectors are huge. At a time of transitions, reinventions and global social responsibility, CL Paris is reaffirming its ambition by uniting food professionals around the major transformations taking place in the industry. My guest this time is Beatrice de Reynal, a nutritionist from Nutri-Marketing, and we talk about the latest trends, what we individually need to be doing, and how the food industry is playing its part in achieving the target of global net zero in carbon emissions. First though, let's check in at the CL Newsroom. And we start with a story for us wine lovers. The latest wine cap report for Q1 has just been released and it shows several trends that have shaped the market. And as an asset class, fine wine remained relatively unaffected by the general economic turbulence seen in the first quarter. The report finds that fine wine prices have risen slightly after a slow start to the year. As the last rabbit vintage, some Bordeaux 2011s enjoyed heightened demand and rising prices thanks to the Chinese New Year 2023, the year of the rabbit. The Burgundy 2021 campaign was met with mixed sentiments from the trade due to low allocations and high prices. And the spotlight will soon be on Bordeaux with the En Primeur release of the 2022 vintage, which has been described as very promising. The quality is expected to be high, according to the official CIVB Vintage report, but it remains to be seen how new releases will be pitched to look attractive in the context of the well-regarded 2019s. Elsewhere, the global health and wellness foods market is set to reach $1.495 billion by 2032. This year, the demand for wellness foods is expected to increase at a compound annual growth rate of 6.1%. The trend to eat natural and healthy foods is a significant driver that is expected to bolster the sales of wellness foods. The growing awareness about naturally healthy foods that are rich in antioxidants, fibre, vitamins and nutrition is also expected to drive growth in the global market. The recent market research report by Fact.mr states that in recent years there has been a noticeable increase in the demand for natural foods such as nuts and seeds, fresh fruits and vegetables, olive oil, honey, green tea and herbal tea. Furthermore, the growing consumption of various organic foods such as organic milk and yoghurt, grapes, apple, eggplants and cabbage is likely to propel growth avenues in the market for health and wellness foods. On the flip side, fluctuations in prices and high cost of health and wellness foods are predicted to serve as noticeable constraints for market growth. The easy availability of low-cost healthy foods also hampers the adoption of healthy food products. The study reveals that the European market is projected to hold a share of 33% by the end of 2032, with Germany anticipated to expand at a compound annual growth rate of 4.4% up to 2032. And don't forget you can read more on those stories and more just by visiting the CL Newsroom. Head to newsroom.clparis.com. But now to my guest. Beatrice Drenal is a nutritionist, CEO of Nutra Marketing SAS, founded 
1997, a board member of Agro Paris Tech Innovation, the General Secretary of Club PAI Food Ingredients, and Chief Editor of Consultation Nutrition and Lettre PAI. Thank you so much uh, for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm very glad to be with you. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and a bit about Nutramarketing too? My profession is I'm nutritionist PhD. So we are, I am interested in all the scientific um, details of food, what it's coming on, uh, how it grows, how it, it, uh, it's prepared, uh, all the, the, the impact of the transformation on the, the nutritional quality of food. And then when you eat it, what is, what is going to, to happen with the metabolism, the, your physiology? and uh, eventually pathology. And I am interested in LC person and try to, to go LC uh, all your life long. And uh, nutri-marketing, as it's the, the word is, is composed by nutri, nutrition and marketing, that means communication. And we try to develop a new product with better uh, nutritional content. Uh, this is for our client. And we uh, also, has, for, for this purpose, we have to know about innovative product, what is going on, what is the trend. So that means that we are following consumers and what we call prescriptors. That means who is going to tell you what you are going to eat next, next time. That means the influencers, journalists, press, and of course, medical professionals. So we are, we are uh, serving the, the world the developed world uh, about what's going on in in, uh, in in the field of food. And that means that we are, we are analyzing and observing the trends, the main trends. So of course, the main trends are really worldwide. That means that when, if I tell you else in food, of course, every everybody is interested by, uh, by else and food. But of course, if I, uh, I am in France, for, for French people, uh, food, uh, else is if the food is good, that will that means that it's good for my body. But if I go in Germany, if I go in Japan, it's not the same way to 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 speak about else. Uh, that means that in Germany, they said if it's not good, that means that it's good for your body. You know, it's the opposite. Quite. Yeah. So that kind of leads me, I suppose. Where do you think we are globally then as consumers, as, as eaters of food, with our food knowledge and, and what we are willing to eat and not willing to eat? Yeah, this is the main problem everywhere. That means that uh, each of us uh, should listen to our body and then to see, OK, I go for meat or I go for fish or I go for vegetables. And then you have... You, you are the only person who knows what's going on, what is good for you or not. But today, the, there is a, uh, a loss of confidence among consumers. They said, well, uh, my friend, my newspaper, my TV told me that I don't have to eat any more meat or any more milk. So I'm, I love meat and milk, but I have to avoid this. So what are, uh, am I going to choose? So there's that a lot of messages and uh, uh, it blurs about uh, between the, the scientific uh, evidence and uh, the, just the media and the, the echo of the media. So let's say today uh, people are going on green. That means that uh, we know that we eat too much meat in Europe. 
too much animal products. That means that too much eggs, fish, meat, uh, cheeses, and so on. And we are going to replace this by vegetal uh, foods, such as, of course, pearls, vegetables, cereals, grains. But is it enough? So that means that I am used to, to eat uh, meat for lunch and for dinner. So if I don't have any meat or fish, is it okay for me? Or uh, do, do will, will I be in lack of, of something? So th there is the, the market of fear with food. People are not uh, really in confidence about this. And uh, the green food, of course, that uh, we are all willing to go for more green, but it's not that easy and we have to show you the way. Mm, absolutely. So green food or, or eating more healthily, I suppose, is a big trend at the moment. What's driving yeah. this, this trend, this change? Is it people taking more of an interest in their diet or their health or is it governmental yeah. process and pressure that's that's changing from the food manufacturers down to the consumer when we ask people do you have plans to address the following the the areas to uh, for else uh, people told us uh, i i'm looking for the the energy levels i don't want to to get fat so i'm looking for calories half of people told me that we the the heart else is my main topic that is and then the mental well-being. Why? Because after the pandemic, uh, we are we we all suffer from stress and uh, mental and uh, sleeping difficulties and so on. So a lot of people go for to be in better in better shape for uh, mental and uh, and mood. Uh, you have also the digestive health for fifty-three percent of people, and I want to. To have a better digestion health, that means that we speak about probiotic, symbiotic, postbiotic, psychobiotic. And the last thing, but the, is the, the, the biggest, it's immune, immune health. Because of the pandemic, we all want to be, uh, to be stronger against the, the infection and so on. So 64% of people want to have a, a better immune health. So today, le, the... In, in Europe, there is a regulation about uh, health claim. So we have to, to take care of this at the same time. And for instance, for immune health, there is some nutrients which are linked to uh, immune system or uh, intellectual function, cognitive health, and so on. So today you have a lot of proposition of new products with the health claim. So we are all, of course, even friends, uh, which is um, <clears throat> very fond of uh, taste and food and, you know, a lot of big things with, with wine and so on. And today, French people say, yes, number one, I want to be to have a better health. It is really interesting, but it's also concerning, isn't it, that a lot of these products that are better for us are actually more expensive than the products that are not so good for us. And if you are operating on a lower budget at the moment there are quite a lot of people struggling with uh, financial implications from other activities around the world that can't necessarily afford these healthy options so what is the food industry doing to address that the, the problem is that uh, of course the better way to do it is just to eat more vegetable pearls pearls and cereal that means that instead of having a steak with with potatoes you should have uh, a mixture of uh, lentils, uh, peas, uh, rice, 
and bread and vegetables. So it is very simple indeed and much more uh, cheaper than to have meat. Meat is very expensive. Mm. But instead of this, industry proposes uh, meat substitutes. That means it looks like steak or it looks like, like a hamburger. And there is a lot of ingredients in it and additives and preservatives and so on. So today people, it, they were very fond of it because, you know, it's very easy to replace a, bur a meat burger uh, by a vegan burger, but the taste is not here. The texture, uh, the the juiciness. So there is a lot of problem in this field. And when you go to, to vegan, so it's it's drier. There is not the, the of course the smell of meat, uh, except if you put some uh, artificial flavor in it. So there is a lot of problem with the formulation. And today, this is the main issue for this kind of products. And even the main uh, big companies would go for uh, meat substitute. People had try once, but they do not buy twice. So this is a really big issue. Yeah, I remember back many, many years ago when it would be a barbecue outside and you'd always have a couple of people that would bring a vegetarian sausage to the to the barbecue and it was never quite right. You'd, you'd try one and it just didn't hit the... The flavor, it didn't hit the texture, and we are still sort of struggling with that. How is the food industry and the people that are producing these sorts of products, how are they working on addressing the texture and the taste debate? There is a lot of possibilities with ingredients. Uh, we are uh, surveying the, the ingredients market and the, and all the innovation through in uh, through ingredients. I speak about ingredients, not additives. Of course, that we can use some additives, but as you know, people are do not want many additives. So that means that today, and we are in charge of the Club PAE, which is a, a gathering of uh, 8,500 uh, companies in the food ingredients uh, field. And they are very, very innovative and creative about natural ingredients. We, we develop some... Uh, specific properties according to have a, a vegan mixture which is juicy just like meat or with the with an ingredients who improve the, the the creaminess of for instance vegan uh, yogurt so that means that today we have a lot of possibilities just to formulate something really really uh, what we call the yow effect that means that i tasted it uh, yes yow this is good and <laughs> But it's difficult. It, you, it's not just a matter of, of, you know, putting, you want pearls, I put pearls and that's all. No, you have to formulate. And this is very specific and very difficult. So uh, we do it for some, for a few clients. We, we want, who want um, vegan formulation, but it's very difficult. But when we, we when we achieve this, then we, we found the, the Yahoo effect. Which is great to hear. And this is all down towards really the driving force is this net zero in carbon emissions. We know that 2050 is the cutoff point. We must hit this, this figure by 2050. And the food industry has got a major part to play in that. Yes. And uh, this is the today the main topic for, uh, for European countries. When we ask people, uh, are you concerned about uh, these kind of things, such as carbon emission, uh, global warming or plastic pollution on food wastage and, and so on. Everyone is concerned. 
And uh, for instance, carbon emission, we have up to 74% uh, of people who say, yes, carbon emission is very important for me. But at the same time, it, there is a, a huge difference between what we, you declare and what you do. So that means that, of course, uh, I'm, I'm uh, concerned by water waste, for instance, for carbon emission, but what do I do daily? To just to 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 improve my component. So this is there is a really a separation between what I want to do and what I do. Even it's always the case for what I I want to to eat and and what I eat in reality. So uh, of course we all have to help ourselves and the others to improve our component for the environment in globally. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were to look into your crystal ball and have a look into the future, so let's say the next five to 10 years, will we be seeing more and more sustainable food options becoming available? Or do you think there's a danger that consumers will just fall back into their old habits? The thing is that in terms of food, you you learn how to be omnivorous when you are small, when you are a little kid. And then it's very difficult just to change what you, you, you learn at this stage. That means that you need one or two generations to, to move forward. So I guess that in, in the couple of years or, or decades coming, uh, there will be more natural formula. And uh, I, I think that we will decrease the, the, the additive use in food. And of course, we are we are going to go in a right way according to the to the environment. And today, there is too much fake product, uh, greenwashing uh, food, on the market. But you know, we have to to go little by little. And I guess that in ten or twenty years, uh, there will be a lot of additives out of the list. And then I wish that people first of all are going to eat less because today we are all the, the 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 developed countries are too fat too fat that means that we are overweight or too fat just to say in france we are half the people are obese or in uh, overweight and in usa it is one on two which is obese so if we just cut one meal off then it's better for the environment, it's better for your health, it's better for your money. <laughs> so we have to reduce the amount we eat. And to, to, to go, we, we still need to be omnivorous, but we have to, to eat less uh, animal product. So how does the food industry ensure that consumers are getting what they want? Also, that the food industry is focusing on the target of net carbon zero, but also maybe encouraging people to eat more healthily and to accept the offers that are there for them to eat. I guess that today everyone should be concerned uh, by the, the the blockchain. I guess I mean that we have to be transparent and just to say what is going on and what we can we go on and uh, and improving everything, every blockchain, every piece of chain uh, in the good way. And the good way is to eat less, to be, uh, to have more justice in the food. That means that sometimes you have today half people. We are not, we do not, we can't afford a LC diet, uh, and you have the other part which is 
too rich and eat, of course, very well. So that means that it, justice is not here. We have to improve every every little thing of our lives. So we have to to reconsider every uh, every habits we have. But of course, you still need meat. You still need milk for the calcium. So we have just to share better the, the food we can get in a country, in a, in a, in a continent, and to be more uh, uh, generous with others. Fantastic stuff. Beatrice, thank you very much indeed for your time and for your experts' knowledge too. Thank you very much. Great to hear the thoughts there from Beatrice Darinal. Now let's head back very briefly to the newsroom. And very much in keeping with what we've been discussing with Beatrice, industry-leading food tech company Meatable held its first ever cultivated meat tasting in Singapore with future commercial partners and the Singapore Economic Development Board. Meatable received approval from the Singapore Food Agency for the first tasting, an important step towards receiving regulatory approval for the sale of its cultivated meat. With this, the innovative Dutch food tech company is on track to launch into the Singaporean market in 2024, followed by the US. Food distributors and grocers say that cultivated meat such as Meatable's processed products could be the future of meat to help our earth to help our future generations. Meatable is on a mission to deliver cultivated meat at scale and has reached a major milestone in its history by holding its first ever tasting in Singapore after meeting the SFA's stringent safety requirements. In the last few months, Meatable has worked with the SFA to ensure it fulfilled all these criteria to get the green light for its first ever tasting. Following this, a select group of retail partners and the Singaporean Economic Development Board were invited to try the company's cultivated meat product, a cultivated pork sausage, featuring the pronounced pork flavour, bite and texture that is found in traditional meat. These partners will help Meatable to develop, optimise and launch its products in restaurants and supermarkets with the plan to have them on sale in 2024. And don't forget, you can find out more on this story and more just by heading to the CL Newsroom. Visit newsroom.clparis.com. Well, thank you very much for listening. We always want to hear from you, so please like and comment and share this episode. And why not subscribe to the channel for more episodes of Food for Thought, the CL Paris podcast. Until next time, goodbye from me.